Welcome back to the Student at the Game podcast. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. Please hit that like and subscribe button. So that way, whenever my, I drop new episodes of the podcast, this comes, it will come directly to you. All right, so we got the Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. Who's going to win? All right, I have the Golden State Warriors winning this series in six games. Six games, people. All right, here's the thing with, with Golden State, man. Like, they move the ball around, man. They move that ball around, you know, especially, you know, Steph Curry. Unlike Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, superstar players who the Boston Celtics have faced in the playoffs this year, right? Those guys, they they dribble a lot more than Steph Curry is going to be dribbling. You know, Steph, he's going to pass the ball and he's going to go around these picks, these screens, and whoever's guarding him. Let's say you put Marcus Smart on Steph Curry, right? Well, you put Marcus Smart on Steph Curry. He is not going to shut down Steph Curry. So you might as well not even put Marcus Smart on Steph Curry. Jalen Brown is not going to stop Steph Curry. And if you put him on, and in order for him to, to play decent enough defense on Steph Curry, those two guys, guess what? They're not going to be able to produce on the offensive side of the ball. They're just not because they're going to be so gassed from chasing Steph Curry around and going through picks. Okay, and if you're the Boston Celtics, you're going to need as much offense as you possibly can from Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Okay, Um, I'm curious to see. If Al Horford is going to stay, how how long Al Horford is going to stay on the floor, because Golden State is going to do that switch up in the pick in the pick. And then you're going to, you know, to get the mismatch. And then you're going to have Al Horford on Steph Curry. Okay. Can Al Horford keep up with Steph Curry? You know, you remember in the finals when against Cleveland, that was Kevin Love job. And he did a decent job. I mean, it's hard for anybody that's that tall to keep up with Steph Curry, right? But I think what the Boston Celtics, what they're going to have to do is, they're going to have to, hey, they're going to have to reward Al Horford. I think the guards for the Boston Celtics, they're going to have to reward their big man. Because... Here's where Alf Horford can be a big-time hero for the Boston Celtics. I believe he is more skilled than Draymond Green. If Draymond Green or Kevin Looney is on Al Horford, Al Horford should be able to take advantage of that mismatch. He should. But see, it's a matter of are the Boston Celtics guards going to even give him the reps for that? When when he's signaling for the ball in the post and he has a mismatch, are they going to be quick to feed him the ball or are they going to try to score on their own? That's going to be very, very key. That Draymond Green and Al Horford matchup, you know, ideally, you know, I would want to feed Al Horford the ball if Draymond Green is on him or Kevin Looney is on him, okay? Then here's another thing you got to think about. Al Horford can knock down the three ball as well. I have no problem with him shooting the three ball, but I want him getting down there on the low block as well because that way I believe he has what it takes to punish the Kevin Looney's and the Draymond Green's. I really do. I really do. Um, but see, here's the, here's but see here's the thing. Jason Tatum. I believe Jason Tatum is the best player in this series. Six foot ten. Triple threat player. Okay. The problem with J- with Jason Tatum sometimes is that he gets caught in the dribble, 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 dribble. There's nothing wrong with dribbling the ball, but make your move. Make your move quick. Be very decisive with it. Be very decisive and attack the rack. Kevin Looney is six foot nine. Jason Tatum, attack the rack. Okay? Don't get caught up in it. If you're the Boston Celtics, you do not want to get caught up in a three point shooting contest with Golden State because you are going to lose that. 
But here's what you should do. Allow Jason Tatum to get down there in the post. I'm not saying catch the ball at the three-point line and dribble down and back down. No. Get the ball up. Come back. Hey, flare out. Hand out. Hey, get the ball. Turn around. Jump up. Bam. Elbow. Bam. Get down there. Draw the foul. Attack the basket. Al Horford. Attack the basket. You know, I think every... Mark is smart. Attack the basket. The Warriors have no shot blocker. Attack the basket. I think that's going to be the key for the Boston Celtics. And I do believe if they consistently attack the basket, guess what? They can win this series. But here's what they're going to have to do in addition to that. I know I say Warriors and six, and I'm talking about what the Celtics can do. Well, it's pretty obvious with the Warriors. They are a very experienced team. And see, also, if the Celtics don't do these things, then they're going to lose in six. Maybe losing five. I think the ultimate thing that the Boston Celtics should do, you know, don't put Marcus Smart on Klay Thompson. Don't put Marcus Smart on um, Steph Curry. Because I believe no matter who is guarding Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they're gonna get though they're gonna get their numbers. You're not gonna stop them from their shooting their shooting unless they're missing shots, okay? Put him on Draymond Green. Put Marcus Smart on Draymond Green. I'm going to tell you why. Draymond Green is the facilitator for the Golden State Warriors, okay? He is the facilitator for the Warriors, all right? He is the point guard. I know it says power forward, but when you see Draymond Green play, he moves. He, he does the same thing as a point guard does. He facilitates the offense. And see, he's not the best ball handler in the world, but he looks like a good ball handler going up against other power forwards and centers. But if you put a defensive stopper like Marcus Smart on Draymond Green, that's going to nullify his... What's the word I'm looking for? That's going to nullify his effectiveness as the facilitator of this team. All right? You do that, that nullifies... I mean, I'm telling you, that's going to cause him to turn the ball over more because you have an elite defender on him. Most teams, they don't put an elite defender on Draymond Green. I would put Marcus Smart on him. Put him on him. Because Steph and Clay, they're going to get theirs regardless. But it's a matter of how they're going to get theirs. And see, if you can get Draymond, if you can, if Al Horford can win that matchup against Draymond Green when Draymond Green is guarding him, Celtics gonna win this series. If um if Marcus Smart is covering Draymond Green and minimizing the opportunities that Draymond Green where he gets the ball, the rebound, and he sprints down court and he runs so fast to the basket that somebody ends up collapsing to pick him up and then he kicks the ball off to Steph and or Clay. So if you have Marcus Smart on Steph, well if Draymond is going down to the basket and attacking. Marcus Smart, nine times out of ten, is going to provide help defense. And then Draymond is going to kick the ball out to a wide-open Steph or a wide-open Clay. But if you assign Marcus Smart to Draymond, that's going to minimize the opportunities of Draymond to get into the basket. And then whoever's guarding Steph and Clay, guess what? Well, you're not inclined to um, provide help defense for Marcus Smart against Draymond Green. You know why? Because you're like, man, that's Marcus Smart. Draymond doesn't have that many off that much offensive game in his tool belt to be able to be successful to be successful on the offensive side of the ball against Marcus Smart. I know he has a couple inches on Marcus Smart, but Marcus Smart is not a small dude. Even if Draymond was in the post, that's going to be a very difficult thing to do for Draymond to score in the post on the low block against Marcus Smart. Okay, if the Boston Celtics do that, they can win this series in six games. 
But I'm going to tell you what, the Boston Celtics are not going to do that. <laughs> they are not going to do that, right? They're going to put Marcus Smart on probably on Steph, thinking that, well, we can shut Steph down. No, you're not going to shut him down. If, you know, you're not going to shut Steph down. You know, um, you're not going to shut Clay down unless they just miss the shots. Um, now, I think we're, it's more than likely we'll see Jason Tatum playing very aggressive and dominant than we will see uh, Marcus Smart guarding Draymond. But if the Boston Celtics d does those two things, guess what? They can beat the Warriors. They can beat the Warriors, I'm telling you. That's the secret. That's the secret. I, you know. You're welcome, Celtics fans, if y'all win. But I don't think they're going to do that. Um, Golden State, I'm telling you, man, like, the way they move the ball, man, that, that's going to be hard to cover. That's going to be hard to cover. That's going to nullify Marcus Smart if he's on Steph. Because Marcus is going to probably end up getting, well, I'm not going to say foul trouble. That's going to be very difficult. It's very difficult to cover him that way. That's what I'm saying. It's very difficult to cover Steph that way. So now that the Golden State Warriors are back into the NBA Finals, a lot of people all of a sudden, see, they did, Draymond was right. They didn't need KD. Really? Y'all needed KD to beat the Raptors. KD got hurt. Y'all couldn't beat the Raptors. Draymond didn't step his game up when they lost to the Raptors, okay? He, could, he didn't step his game up. Just didn't. Um... Y'all needed KD to beat a healthy Cleveland Cavaliers team in the finals. Because the first year y'all beat them when y'all won y'all championship, Kyrie and Love was hurt. But when <laughs> Kyrie and Love was healthy, y'all had no y'all had no answer for the for the Cavs. So y'all needed to go. Y'all went and got KD. You know, you would have think that a team that won 73 games would have just ran it back with that squad. No, y'all went and got Kevin Durant. Okay? Y'all went and got Kevin Durant. You understand what I'm saying? You know, people want to jump on KD for joining them. Well, it's not like KD called them. They went and flew out and to go to, to recruit him. Draymond begged him to come over there. Called him after the game was over. After the, the Cavs beat the Warriors. Hey, KD, can you come over here? After the Warriors lost to the ultimate warrior, LeBron James, they had to go get KD. Because Steph couldn't contain LeBron. Clay couldn't contain LeBron. Iggy couldn't contain LeBron. Draymond couldn't contain LeBron. Bars. So they had to go get KD. Somebody to nullify. You dig what I'm saying? That's what they had to do. Like, if you ever watched the Justice League, like, think about it. The Justice League movie that came out. So, Superman is dead, right? But despite Superman being dead, you have Wonder Woman, who's awesome. Batman, who's awesome. Aquaman, who's awesome. The Flash, who's awesome. And, and Cyborg, who's awesome. Going up against Steppenwolf, a villain. He's not the most elite villain. But, well, you know, he... You know, but he, he's good enough. And guess what? All six of them, they could not handle Stephen Wolf. Stephen Wolf was cleaning their clock. Until Superman came. Now, in this situation, check this out. Now, KD is Superman. Okay? 
KD, he didn't dominate LeBron the way Stephen Wolf got dominated by Superman, but you know, he got he got the Warriors over. Okay? They they beat Cleveland in five. And I think one year they one one year they swept them. Okay. There was nothing I mean, it was one of those things, it's like, if you LeBron, it's like, what do you do? So Golden State, they needed Kevin Durant. But miss me with all that. See, they didn't need him. Check this out. Kevin Durant came on that team and won two finals MVPs. Okay? Won two finals MVPs. If if the Warriors would have made it to the finals and they did not have KD and they faced it, that LeBron Cavs team, oh, yeah, that's Cleveland in five, both, both times. There's no doubt about that. So... If you're one of these people who believe that the Golden State Warriors never needed Kevin Durant, hey man, um, check your temperature, check your pulse, check your heartbeat, because something's wrong with you. Something is definitely wrong with you if you think that the Golden State Warriors did not need, need, did not need Kevin Durant. Yeah, they needed him. They needed him. You don't go out there and recruit somebody you don't need. Especially like the minute, like soon as the buzzer sounds and you and you lost the championship and you immediately call this guy. Now, should he have joined him or not? That's a different story. But whether if he wanted to join them or reluctantly joined them or not, still doesn't change the case. The fact that guess what? Go to state. Y'all needed Kevin Durant. Y'all needed him. Y'all needed him. So I was listening to some episodes of the Draymond Green podcast. I haven't listened to all of them, so I go back and listen to past few episodes. And um, one of my favorite episodes I like to listen to on there is the one where we had Steph Curry on there, which is a, which is an awesome episode. You should check that out. And um, they brought up the the Milwaukee Bucks trade. All right, for those of you those of you who don't remember, Monte Ellis, who used to play for the Golden State Warriors, he was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for Andrew Bogut. Okay, but here's what I didn't know. Here's what I wasn't aware of that Steph Curry, the Warriors originally put Steph Curry in that trade instead of Monte Ellis. But the Milwaukee, but the Milwaukee Bucks, they turned down the trade because they was concerned about Steph Curry's ankles. You know, they was probably concerned that he was going to have a similar situation like Grant Hill. Okay, but let's say if the Bucks accepted that trade, within. The ownership of the Golden State Warriors who go around and say who and say that they're light years ahead of everybody and everybody who says that the Warriors management, they do, they, 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 they did everything the right way. Was that right? Well, was that right when they was trying to trade Steph? Would they be this championship team? Had they kept Monte Ellis? I don't think so. But everybody wants you to believe that, you know, hey, the Warriors, they did it the right way. And they're, act, they're acting like the Warriors way is the only way. You got to do it their way. Yeah, with big help from the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, because the Warriors, I mean, they, they, they didn't see two-time MVP potential in Steph Curry. They didn't. Had they did, they would not have tried to trade him to the Milwaukee Bucks. 
right? So, you know, you got to miss me with all that. The Golden State Warriors did it the right way. That's how you're supposed to do it. You know, um, <laughs> I, I, I saw, who was that? I think it was Kendrick Perkins where he had posted, he had tweeted that the Golden State Warriors, he was like, that their big three making it to, you know, they're making it to their sixth NBA Finals appearance and stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. This big three right here, this is their third finals appearance together. This is their third finals appearance. If the big three, if they're consistent, if they're referring to um, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, okay? But at the same time, really, on their first finals appearance, Andre Iguodala won finals MVP. So really, that big three right there, that's Iguodala. Clay and Steph is not Draymond. Right? It's not Draymond. The second finals, okay. Hey, are you putting are once again, is 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 finals MVP Iggy behind Draymond? I don't think so. So it's still Splash Brothers and Iggy. Their third one, okay, it's clear that the their big three is Steph, Clay, and KD. The next one, and the fourth one in a row, the fifth one in a row, Steph, Clay, and KD. <laughs> so technically, this NBA Finals here, this is the first one for this big three. But are you putting Draymond over over Pool? <laughs> are you putting Draymond over Pool? So when people say the big three, and they say Splash Brothers, and they say Draymond Green, no. You trying to tell me pool is not what part of the big three? Shoot, I can say Andrew Wiggins is part of this year's big three more than Draymond in the playoffs. Because who had the tougher assignment on defense? Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. He had to guard, hey, he had to guard um, Luka. Defended him one-on-one, 94 feet. Draymond not doing that. He wasn't doing that. And I'm a fan of Draymond Green. I really am. But I'm just saying, Poole averaging 20 a game. Averaging 20 a game. So, you know, so technically, if they're referring to Big 3 and they're referring to Draymond Green and Splash Brothers, well, that right there, that pretty much means this is their first NBA Finals appearance. As with them, as with those three being the Big 3. Okay. Now, if you want to say, all right, these three guys, this is their, all three guys, this is their sixth finals appearance, that's fine. But you can't refer this to them as a big three because big three refers to the best three players on the team. Okay? That's what that means. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, so Draymond Green. Now, here's something that I can give Draymond Green a whole lot of props on, like, this dude here is changing the game. He is changing the game. He is a game changer right now. I'm going to tell you what he's a game changer on. Like, this dude here, before the games and after the games, this dude here is doing podcasts about the games. Even the games he he, he's, he is playing in. Because, see, at first when the playoffs started, I thought he was just going to be commenting and doing episodes of his podcast on games that he wasn't playing in. 
until the game he got ejected out, out he got ejected out the game against Memphis and he did his podcast and I'm like okay well he had time because you know he got ejected out the game but even the games that they won or lost the games that he wasn't ejected in yeah he went on he he, he talked about those games and I'm not talking about doing the press conference thing to do the man does did his press conference that the, each team each players is required to do then he goes and he does his podcast that's that's awesome, man. Like, and his team is thriving. It doesn't appear to be a distraction, because a lot of times when we, if we if we want to even have a mere thought about another player doing something like this, we will think that he or she is being a distraction to the team. And whenever they lose games, see they they are a distraction and stuff. But even the games that they have lost, and they've lost some games in the playoffs, and and a couple of those games they got blown out. Um, nobody brought, I didn't, I I haven't heard anyone bring that up. Well, his podcast is, you know, is causing them to, um, to, you know, um, to be distracted, you know, it's detrimental to the team, you know, and it's one of those things. It's like, Hey, unless they lose a series, nobody's going to bring that up. And even if they did lose the NBA finals, I don't think anybody's going to bring it up because he was doing it on their way, on the way to the finals. Right. But man, I think that's very, very impressive. And this is something that everyone, most, 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 most players will not be able to pull off. Most players will not be able to pull off. Um, as a Seahawks fan, I remember Russell Wilson tried this a couple years ago on Wednesdays. He'll have a podcast. And then that's when, you know, he Russ had a bad second half of the season, man. Even a bad playoffs that year. The Seahawks went 12 and 4. He had a terrible playoffs. So everybody can't pull that off. The fact that Draymond Green is able to pull this off, this is very, very impressive. And this is not, and it's not like Draymond is some single guy who doesn't have. Yeah, Draymond is married, I believe, and he doesn't. I know he has kids. Okay? So this, and, you know, it seems like he's an involved father, an involved husband, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's not like this is somebody who. Um, who is just single and who's the 12th man on the bench. And if you're on the 12th man, you know, it, you know, that can still be a distraction because he's given opinions about other players and about other teams and coaches and other things that's going on in the world of sports while he's playing. While most people wait until they retire to do this or they wait until to the point where they are close to retiring. I'm not, I don't know if Draymond Green is close to retiring or not, um, I know he, I know he has the gray in the beard, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, maybe he is, but you know, normally we hear about this where it's like, it's players where, you know, they, 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 they barely even play in the game. Like you think about Kendrick Perkins, he was like the 12th man on the, um, Cleveland Cavaliers, but he was still going up to ESPN at, at different times to go do his commentary and stuff. Right. Well, I don't know if he was doing it while he was still playing, but I think he was doing it before he officially retired. So I don't I don't see Draymond Green retiring anytime soon right now. I really don't unless it's something that I, I don't know. Even if he is about to be retiring soon, I mean, th- this is awesome. This is an awesome display that he is doing, you know. Um and he's very very good at it. Damn, he's good at it, you know? Um and it seems like with Draymond, you know, Draymond Green is one of those people you know, how how, how should I word it? What he says on his show, he probably already told a lot of people to their face, whether if it's disrespectful or whether if it's a compliment or a critique or whatever. Right. But man, Draymond is really changing the game. man. that is that is too impressive. 
That is too impressive, man. That is too impressive. Impressive, and I love it because if we can't take the takes that Draymond Green is saying, then why are we so receptive to the takes that Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, Chris Broussard, Molly Q, you know, Jamel Hill? Why do we accept what they say when regarding sports? Right? They didn't play in the NFL. They didn't play in the pros. Right? But yeah, Draymond's changing the game, and I love it. I love it. It is very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. But yeah, I tell you what, we're going to close out this episode of the Student of the Game podcast. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. We was all sports today. Wasn't too much going on in the entertainment world for me to be talking about right now. We'll talk about that on a different day for sure. But anyway, share your thoughts and let me know who do you think is going to win the NBA Finals and in how many games. Thank you all for tuning in. Student of the Game podcast. Peace out.